Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Matt Frontaway, and he is with Learn to Franchise. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Learn to Franchise. How are you serving folks? Well, Learn to Franchise is, um, what I do is I help people that are interested in owning a franchise business of their own, figure out which franchise to own. So to put it simply, I'm a matchmaker between the person that wants to own a franchise and finding the right franchise that matches up to them. So they're super happy with it. So what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in the franchising world? Well, I came into it a little bit backwards. Um, I've been an independent business owner my whole life. And back in 2014 and 2015, I partnered with a friend of mine in a boxing fitness concept uh, called Legends Boxing. And we had one location and we scaled it and made it successful, and we wanted to grow, but we didn't have the capital we needed to to open up our own corporate locations. So we looked into franchising and thought that would be a great idea to do. So um, we made an international franchise in about 2018, and, um, and it took off from there. And then I sold out of my partnership in that and became a franchise consultant. So you got, so you got to experience franchising from the franchisor side first. Exactly, yeah. A lot of people... Uh, their consultants go the other way. They're the franchisees first, and then they become consultants. Um, some of them are franchisors sometimes, but it's kind of rare. So what do you think is an advantage of kind of looking at this puzzle through the lens of a franchisor? So I've seen the, you know, the, the, um, the good things and the bad things about being a franchisor, the, what you call the ugly side of being a franchisor. So um, if they're, I mean... So I know what to look out uh, with my candidates and, and helping them choose a good franchise and that um, I can look at the pitfalls that um, a franchise owner may be going through or may experience if they don't take care of it. For, um, for example, financing. A franchise owner needs to be well-financed or else when they start growing, they're not going to be able to support their franchisees. Um, that's just one thing, uh, part of the puzzle that um, I'm able to look at for my candidates. So now when you made the switch from being a franchisor to helping people become franchisees, obviously you were kind of enamored with the franchising system, the idea of um, buying a franchise. That was attractive to you, and you learned that through actually having a franchise. What kind of um, made you make this kind of, in some ways, a drastic switch from you know kind of running this empire business of uh, businesses to helping other people just kind of get into business? Well, so I learned um, through the School of Hard Knocks as far as being a business owner. And had, had I, am I, was I able to go back to my 20s? If I were able to go back to my 20s, instead of starting my own independent businesses and trying to figure out the hard way and the wrong way to do things and scale my businesses, I would have rather own a franchise um, because I learned that franchises are already scaled for people. It's just kind of a turnkey business system especially for those people that have never been in business for themselves before and want to be, um, it's, it's a good safety net and it's a great track to um, success for them to accelerate their, um, their level of success. I wish I would have had that when I was in my early, early years. Um, and so when we made a franchise, I saw that and I'm like, wow, I wish that would have existed. I want to provide this for other people too, so that people can minimize the risk in opening businesses. 
So if somebody is considering a franchise, what are kind of some of the things you have to educate them about? What are some of the uh, maybe misconceptions they think it, it is and, it, and you have kind of the experience to tell them what reality is? Well, I think um, probably one misconception that people don't know is sometimes they think the franchise is going to do everything for them. And that's not the case. Um, when a person owns a franchise, they are the business owner. It's their business. Um, the franchise is there to help them, give them their operation systems, and give them support. But the franchise is not going to do it for them. Um, and so that's one misconception that people need to be aware of is that they will be in business for themselves, and they need, need to put the effort in. The other thing is um, there's a reason they're buying a franchise, and they need to follow the system of the franchise because they've proven to be successful. Um, a lot of people forget about that part, and they become mavericks, so to speak, and they kind of go off the reservation and try to do things on their own in their own way which isn't so successful. And, and if they just kept it simple and followed the franchise system, they'll be um, successful faster. So now doing this show for the, the amount of time I've been doing the show, uh, and I've interviewed franchisors and franchisees, inevitably the franchisor gets frustrated. The franchisee is kind of like you said, kind of doing their own thing. And the franchisee is frustrated that the franchisor doesn't understand my market. It's different. And, you know, we were different than what, what you had when you started. How do you help them kind of make the right f choice in terms of making sure it's a fit kind of culturally that they each understand where, you know, each of their expertise lies and e what each of them are really best at? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's kind of a learning curve um, of being a franchisee and a franchisor. So in the beginning, the franchisee is super excited um, and, and once you get going, and they usually follow the system pretty well with the franchise, uh, franchisor. But then after a while, um, especially after they start seeing a little success, um, they start to think, well, what do I need the franchisor for? What am I paying these royalties for? I mean, you know, it's being successful. And so there's some friction there sometimes. Um, but what they don't realize down the road is with the fran they got to realize with the franchisor, they have a system with other franchises across the nation. Um, where there's sort of a mastermind type of alliance. People can share best practices and ideas. And as you and I know, economies change, markets change. The franchisor isn't always going to know the answer to all the questions, but they do have the wherewithal and the, um, and the um, mental pool to pull from to make changes and pivot, which benefits the franchisee. So to put it simply, I would just tell the franchisee to be patient, um, trust the system and, and work together with the franchisor to come up with solutions instead of trying to um, fight them. And then I think you brought up a really great point. One of the strengths of a franchisor, especially as it grows and it learns more, is it's it's kind of accumulating all this market knowledge from other people doing the work in a variety of places and locales. So they're getting kind of more and more IP uh, when it comes to helping the future franchisee, whereas somebody says, oh, I know enough, I can do this on their own, maybe as an individual you can, but you don't have kind of that brain power that you refer to, that mastermind kind of level understanding of kind of macro things that you might be missing just doing your work in your own kind of location. Right, yeah. I like to call it kind of a experience share. The franchisor has a whole wealth of experience shares with all the franchisees in their system. And so with all the, so there's got to be one or two um, experiences that other franchises have had similar to what this particular franchisee might be having in their market that the franchisor can draw from to help the franchisee that's struggling. 
Now, is that one of the things you're looking for when you're trying to match uh, the right franchise with the right individual, that they do kind of share the knowledge and that they are kind of um, proactive when it comes to letting people know best practices or, hey, they tried this thing here and it worked great. And I recommend, you know, you at least experiment with it. Yeah, um, definitely. That's one thing I, I have my candidates, you know, they, they've got to investigate the franchise themselves, but I coach them along the way. That's one thing I have them make sure they ask the franchisor as well as the other franchisees in the system. An example would be to ask a question, well, tell me a time that you guys came into a market or came up with something that you've never faced before. How did you handle it? Um, you ask another franchisees, they can, and they, based on their answer, could be good, it could be bad. If it's good, of course, you probably want to be a part of that system. If it's bad, then you might want to move on because it may not seem like the franchisor has the wherewithal to, um, to have the foresight to change and pivot. And that's a great question for franchisors too, is like, you can give them scenario questions. Like, for example, what if, you know, what if I'm in this area and you don't have any other franchisees in this particular area and up against a situation where I want to work together with you, how could you help me be successful? Those type of questions are really important to ask going into the investigation process. Now, are you finding the franchisee of today is different than maybe the franchisee when you started uh, kind of working with them? Is it a, like, are people looking for, at one time people were buying a franchise and it was one shop in their neighborhood and, you know, that was good. Or maybe they buy a couple around and, you know, adjacent neighborhoods. But it seems like I'm seeing a lot of folks that are kind of empire builders that are buying complementary brands and they're building up kind of regional kind of machines to serve a whole bunch of people. Um, is the franchisee look a little different today? Yeah. As far as the empire builders go, um, I, yes, I think so. Um, I don't know if this is a brand new, but I'm going to tell you if it's a brand new concept in franchising, but it, it seems um, something that's catching on and, and it's what I call going deep or some people call it going vertical. And so what Empire Builders have done in the past is they'll buy large geographical areas, you know, they'll buy a whole area, um, five or six units, 10 units, and then they'll just, you know, grow one or two at a year until they have them all up and running. The next level that a lot of folks have been doing now is they'll do that same thing, but then they will buy another brand that's complementary to their first brand. So they already have a customer base um, from the first brand that they can feed into their second brand and get successful a lot faster and it's in the same geographical area, so there's some economies of scale there, too. I don't think that's a brand new um, concept, but I think it's being used a lot more than what I've seen in the past. So is the profile of a potential franchisee, um, like, what do they look like to you in your area? Um, the ones that, that I work with the most are usually, um, by and far, they're usually executives. Um, they've worked in corporate America. They, most of them still work in corporate America. And they're looking for a few things. The first thing is um, a lot of them have already diversified into real estate. They have the retirement plans, which is in stocks and bonds usually. And they want a third leg of their studio or their um, stool, financial stool to be more solid. So they want to own a business. And so they're looking at a franchise to diversify their assets. Um, Another thing they're looking for is they don't want to be beholden to their job their whole life. They may really enjoy their life or their job. But they don't want to be worried about what they can do for money if they get laid off. And so that's another level of protection that a lot of folks are doing is starting a franchise um, so that they can fall back on that in case something happens to their job. And, of course, you have the final person that just does not like their job at all, and they want to transition out of the job and just be a full-time business owner. And so they'll start a franchise and get that up and running until it's paying their bills, and then they can leave their job. 
But by and far, I'm working with a lot of executives these days. It seems like um, that's the way it's been going. And then how do they become aware of you? Are you working with like their financial advisors and wealth advisors to explain this kind of three-legged stool that you described? Um, I do have relationships with financial advisors, but um, I don't get my referrals from them per se. Um, I do a lot of networking on LinkedIn and and it's easy to find executives on LinkedIn. And and so um, I reach out to them and, and create relationships. And then, of course, my referral network, people that I've heard, helped in the past refer their friends and family to me. You know, those are the most effective ways I work. But um, really, it's just by networking, you know, locally and internationally or nationally on LinkedIn and, and then local networking groups around where I live. Now, um, are there certain trends in franchising uh, that you're seeing today that like there's this is a good opportunity for certain kinds of franchises? You know how they have some these trends come and go, like some things, you know, frozen yogurt was super hot a while ago <laughs> or, or cupcakes, you know, like you all of a sudden you see like five of them uh, popping up in a in a market. Are, are there certain trends right now you're looking at? Yeah. Um, and I would say since the, since COVID, the large um, trend I see is in the service industry. Um, and so what I determine is service industry is where um, the, the business owner is taking their service to their customer, whether it's a business or a consumer, rather than the business or consumer coming to one place of business like a bricks and mortar place. Um, the reason services are taking off so, so fast now is, number one, they're less expensive. They're faster to um, start. But most of them are um, essential businesses, so they can operate during the pandemic if that ever happens. And then a lot of them are also recession resistant because their needed services, not wanted services. So, for example, something as simple as roofing. If your roof falls apart, you've got to get that fixed. You can't wait until you have more money. And in fact, you usually have insurance that will cover that. So it doesn't really matter what the economy is doing. The roof's got to get fixed. The insurance will cover it which enables the franchisee to be um, successful. And there's many other services that are needed too, but that seems to be the trend right now with the recession worries and what we had with COVID. So what advice would you give that person, that executive that wants to explore, um, you know, having a franchise as part of their wealth uh, plan moving forward? What is kind of the baby steps they should be taking today? Um, well, if they're interested in exploring franchising, I recommend that they um, work with a consultant, whether it's me or somebody else. Um, that's going to put them way far ahead of the curve rather than trying to do that themselves. Most people don't know all the franchises that exist out there. There's three to 4,000 in the nation right now, and then they don't know which ones to even look at or which you know, are, are good opportunities. So working with a consultant that's already um, kind of pre-selected, um, pre-screened a lot of franchises and has relationships with them. We'll put them ahead of the curve. The consultant can also direct them to a franchise that matches up to their personality and their skill set and their budget and things like that. Basically, it's just going to save them a lot of time and headache. Um, that's probably the first thing I'd recommend is work with a consultant. Now, and that's an important point that you bring up. You know, just because you like ice cream doesn't mean an ice cream franchise is the right fit for you. I mean, you got to look at what kind of lifestyle you want. You want to be home in the afternoon. You want to work on the weekends and the evenings. Like, there's certain things that are much beyond, you know, you having a childhood dream of owning an ice cream store. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's probably one of the most important things that a consultant is going to help somebody, a potential franchisee do is identify um, the characteristics of what their ideal business is going to look like. So a good consultant is going to take the brand out of the equation, not even focus on any name of brand or what it does or anything. They're just going to focus on what a day in the life of the franchisee 
what an ideal day in the life of the franchisee they want, like what hours of operation they want it to run in, um, how many people do they want to work for them, all those other things you said, identify those characteristics, and then that, and then the and then the consulting field go out and pick the franchises that match up to that candidate's characteristics, um, so it resonates with them and it's a good match. Yeah, and something that I I think a lot of people don't realize going in, the thing that they think is the the one they should pick is rarely the one they end up with. <laughs> That's true. So, um, you know, I get a lot. Probably the biggest question I get these days is, "Hey, do you um, work with Chick Fil A?" And that's understandable. Chick-fil-A is super successful. And I ask them, well, what do you like about Chick-fil-A? And they like, well, it's, and they say, it's just so busy. There always, there's always a line going out the door um, and around the drive through for business. And so I like to point out to them that maybe it's not Chick-fil-A that they want. They just want a business that's super popular and needed and busy. That's the characteristic they want, something that they want to have a service or, or, a, um, or a business where people want to um, do business with it like Chick-fil-A. It's not necessarily Chick-fil-A they want. Yeah, and that's an important distinction, and that's why it's important to work with a consultant like you to help them kind of ask and answer those tough questions. That's right. Yep. You get to ask them a lot of questions they never considered before. You know, one question I ask folks that they haven't really considered kind of goes along the lines of begin with the end in mind. Um, and the question is, you know, what is your, what's your exit plan for your franchise? Do you have one right now? Even if they don't own one yet, like five, six years down the road, is this something you're going to want to sell? You want to keep it and hand down to your children? Do you want to open more units? That's just one simple question a lot of people haven't thought of before because that, but the, whatever their answer is, is going to determine what kind of franchise they should get into as well to match up to that plan. Yeah, this isn't like buying a candy bar when you're leaving the grocery store. This is a big decision that you need a professional advisor to help you kind of walk through scenarios. Right. Yep. So, Matt, if somebody wants to learn more, uh, what is the website? Um, my website is learntofranchise.com. Um, two is the number two. So learn the number two franchise.com. Um, if people want my free ebook, it's the top um, industries, top franchise industries um, in the nation today. It's a great ebook that'll explain all the industries that are, you know, that are um, on fire as far as selling right now. They can go to learntofranchiseebook.com and get a free copy of it. Good stuff. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on the show, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.